The Bulls have three seconds to try a shot and try to win the game. This is the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Coming to you from the betting deck. Don't believe what I just saw. Here are your hosts. Good morning, Notebook. Wagering here, ready to get after week seven in the NFL. I am Smitty. Sitting across from me is J-Cam. Good morning, J-Cam. How are you doing, buddy? Good morning. Doing well. A little bear down Arizona last night to roll into the NFL picks. So, had a pretty good week so far. Notebook's doing pretty good. We look pretty smart so far with the college football. See how do we do with the NFL. So, going to be a good weekend. Lots of sports. Lots of betting this weekend, obviously, and hopefully the weather will cooperate and be miserable so we get to stay in the house and do it all. Well, I did post the college show again, and I've been saying it. We go and listen to the college show. We released it. I think it was Wednesday. We taped it Tuesday night. Myself and J-Cam, we gave out Appy State. Matt was all over SMU. And then, of course, J-Cam again last night with the Pac-12 late night. He called it. Listen to what he said about these home teams, these late Pac-12 home teams covering. And it happened again last night with Arizona. So good call on that, Jason. Yep. Gotta love Pac-12 after dark. There's always something crazy waiting for you if you can stay up and make it. And we joked on the college show, there's not really a lot of late games tonight, so you can get some sleep. I mean, or you stay up and try to catch that Hawaii game. That is a late game tonight. But uh, we're going to get after the NFL here. Uh, Just one thing before we start diving in, you know, teams that are really covering the ATS, you got the Cowboys 6-0 ATS this year. They now they're on a bye week this week, but you got the Packers, Arizona 5-1. Man, is this the week that I jump on that Arizona team? Because I go against Arizona every week, and they just keep destroying teams. We'll see. But the Colts are also 4-2, and two, and Tennessee's 4-2. Really bad teams not covering the ATS. So keep this in mind, listeners. The Washington football team, 1-5. The Jets, 1-4. And, and San Francisco, 1-4, also not covering the spread. Any thoughts on those teams, Jason? San Francisco is a bit of a surprise because they've been in some pretty close games. So I think it's just the tight spreads that they've had. Um, no surprise with the Jets. Kind of surprised KC didn't show up on that list. That was a hot topic about how they don't cover. Um, and when you have a defense of their quality, which, you know, no quality at all, it's hard to cover big lines as they're obviously a public favorite. Um, you know, Dallas kind of fixed some stuff, right? They had the really good offense when they had Dak healthy last year. The defense was atrocious. Now they have the defense kind of in the middle of the pack, and that's really all they need to be good. And I think they've been, you know, they look good and during a soft division. So they're probably gonna they're probably gonna cover more than they shouldn't, but there's gonna be probably gonna be some pretty big lines on them late in the year. So that number will normalize out to somewhere closer to 500 just because spreads will be too big, especially a big public favorite team like Dallas. So week seven this week, you know, I think the theme of this show is you got six teams on a bye this week. So you're six gonna big teams too. Yeah, some, some, really some big teams. I mean, I know our team, the Steelers, they're on a bye week. So, uh, but you got some really good teams. Yeah, Dallas, Buffalo, uh, Steelers. You got some good teams on buys. And also, I think the theme is there's some big lines this week. This is a hard week. We were saying off air, this is going to be tough. I mean, this could be a, you know, I love teasers anyway. I mean, it's teaser Monday, teaser Tuesday. I don't care what day of the week is. I love my teasers, but this might be in play here with some teasers. But let's get after week seven. So we're going to dive in. First game. First game. Well, we already had one this week. Let's just recap that. I'm going to backtrack for a second. We had the Cleveland Browns with a lot of injuries on Thursday night, and they were like a two-point favorite. Yours truly took the Brownies this week, and they did cover on Thursday night against a Denver team that is really starting to spiral out of control and not do much. Any thoughts on that game, Jason, before we dive into Sundays? Uh, you really saw that Denver's a product of strength of schedule. 
Like the teams that they beat are obviously not very good teams. And, you know, the defense that looked like it was going to be a good unit is not good at all. Saw a little bit in the Steeler game and then the Browns really exposed it because really the only thing they could do was run the football. Um, and they ran it really well with a guy who the American, <laughs> the AAF didn't even want. So you saw the line kind of come together. Cleveland's good. Uh, you know, they have not been healthy at any point this year. And uh, they even got more injuries kind of piling on. But now they're starting to get the receivers back. Lines look like it's getting a little healthy. Um, that's a deep football team, and that was a big win for them. You just don't give away a conference uh, game on a Thursday night when you're kind of shorthanded like that. That's big when it comes to seeding time and home field advantage. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Cleveland, they got the Steelers next week, so we'll see what happens there. So Sunday, first game, big game, 1 o'clock game, Cincinnati Bengals, 4-2. and two. They are traveling to the Baltimore Ravens, 5-1. and one. Since he's four and two ATS, Baltimore is three and three. This is a big game. Right now, the line is uh, Baltimore is six and a half, and the over under is at 46. Jason, any thoughts of or any leans towards this game? I don't. You know, um, there's a little value in thinking the under um, just because you have two good defenses. Since he does have a good defense, especially in the front seven, the back four, not as great, but. You know, Baltimore's not really built to test that anyway. I know Lamar's had some good passing games, but a lot of that comes to the tight ends and the backs. Um, they really haven't opened up. They really don't have that dominant receiver. Um, since he's offense is probably, I think, the weakest unit in this game. Um, they've got some players, but there's been times where they have not looked fantastic. Um, if I had to go any direction, I would probably lay the six and a half with Baltimore. This is kind of the, the test for Cincy, right, to see are they really in the mix this year for a playoff spot. They've played well enough to be considered. But, you know, going on the road to Baltimore, if they hold their own, then we kind of have to maybe evaluate our uh, power rankings on Cincy. But I just think this is a spot that, you know, maybe they'll play well, but I think this six and a half is probably the right side. Yeah, diving into some numbers here, you know, Jason just said it. He said maybe the under and the under is a five and oh run right now on unders in Cincinnati's games in their last five. Now, key uh, little trend here, five and two ATS last seven for the Bengals in Baltimore. So, you know, what's the teaser King going to do here? Well, I kind of like teasing up um, Cincinnati here. You get them about 12 and a half. I really like also keep an eye on that. You know, it's at 46, maybe tease that game up some more and go with what Jason said. Jason kind of said, maybe the under, and I gave you a little bit of numbers there on the under. So maybe tease that up a little bit and take the under in this game. You know, Baltimore's coming off a great performance. Cincy, a very surprising team this year, but again, they got some, like Jason said, some really good weapons on offense, great young quarterback. I, I think this game is going to be tight. I really do. I kind of think since he's going to hang around in this game, I'm probably going to lean with Cincinnati in a teaser, but maybe also keep an eye on that under. All right, moving on. Let's go to the next game. You got two teams here that are really starting to struggle here. You got Carolina Panthers traveling to New York Giants. Carolina is three and three. Giants are one and five. Carolina is three and three ATS this year. Giants are two and four ATS. Right now, we are looking at a line minus three in the over under 42 and a half. I think this Carolina team, you know, they got off Jason to a really good start, but I think it might have been the schedule really helped them. Kind of reminds me of like Denver. Denver had the, came, came out of the gates really fast. But now if you look back at it and you look at the schedule and you go, well, that's kind of why they came out of the gates so fast. And I think Carolina is starting to show that too. Sam Darnold, same thing, not having the numbers like he was at the very beginning. So what, any thoughts on this game, Jason? Well, it's funny because Carolina, the defense is still playing pretty well. And what's really hurting them is that Darnold is hurting them because a lot of, a lot of turnovers all of a sudden, that wasn't something that happened those first couple of games when the softer opponents, um, you know, he's kind of putting them in bad situations because if you look at the yards per drive and the points per drive, it's, it's in line with where it was at the beginning of the season. So that's definitely the best unit in this game. Uh, Giants, not very good at home for some reason. I don't know. Maybe their fans are too hard on them. I don't know what it is. Uh, this is a really tough game to play. The line's based – the over-under is right on where it should be. Um, I would probably lay the three with the Panthers. Uh, maybe Darnold coming home to MetLink uh, or MetLife and playing well. He's basically the variable, right? If he plays well, Carolina rolls in this game. If he shows up like he has the last couple of weeks – 
Uh, Giants could easily be a nice little home dog here. Um, I should take a look at the betting percentages. But, yeah, I, I kind of, you know, just handicapping this, I would lean Carolina, lay the three, and hope that Darnold kind of regresses to something a little more functional than he has been. Yeah, you know, a lot of injuries here. This Giants team's just so beat up. I mean, quarterback came off a concussion, um, didn't play well last week. I mean, they got destroyed last week. Barkley's still out. Tony, the rookie wide receiver, I think is out. Ingram, I think, is questionable right now. Just um, Galladay, I think, is was ruled out in this game, too. Very tough. Now, Jason said a great thing, and I'm glad he said it. Because I think he said the line for the over-under is right there. I like that, especially in a teaser. Because seven and three last 10 unders in the Carolina games, unders in Joe Judge as a coach, I got 14, six and two. Man, I love that under. Let's tease that up. Give that six more points. Get that about 48 and a half and pound that under in a teaser. I really like that. I think this game is ugly. I love the under in this in a teaser. Yeah, I, mean, I like it. I, I don't think the Giants will do their end on the uh, points. So I think that's where your under comes from. Definitely. Yeah. I just, they got so many guys hurt. I mean, it's just, what can you do? And I mean, the numbers are kind of backing it here. And I like what you, when you said it's right there and you're the man, you're the stack guy on the show. When you said that, I already marked down, put a little note in my notebook there, like pound that and play it in a teaser and then pound the under. All right, let's get after the next game here. You got another spiraling football team here. You got the Washington football team. And you know, I like to talk negative on them. They are traveling to Washington's two and four, excuse me. And they're traveling to Green Bay. The Packers are five and one, five straight after that opening one week loss. DC again, one and five ATS and the Packers five and one ATS. Jason, any shot for the, for the skins in this game? Well, it seems like that the uh, the betting public thinks that the Skins have a shot because the lines come down from nine and a half to eight. And uh, I'm hearing a lot, like you, you listen to the shows during the week, you're hearing a lot of talk about the Washington football team staying within the number here. Um, I think it's more of fading the Packers than liking the Washington football team. Um, but this is a spot where they usually play well, where they're kind of like, you know, they're getting a lot of points. They're pretty good about covering the back door with Heineke. Um, they almost play kind of like the Lions where they play a little better when they're spotted a, uh, a deficit. Um, besides that, though, you, you just don't really see anything that really stands out that Washington has an advantage, right? Um, the defense is 31st in yards per drive and points per drive. That's just awful. Um, you know, and that's that's more than just the offense putting in a tough spot. The offense has been okay, but they're a little dinged up too, I think. Um, I think they might are getting some guys back this week, but uh, yeah. It's hard to, you know, I see that line move and it kind of intrigues me that the uh, WFT is the right play. Um, but I'd probably stay away. If anything, probably the over a little bit just because as the WFT chases the back door against the Packers, they're just really tough in Green Bay. They're a whole different football team. You know, I think they talk about the loss of home field advantage and betting. And one of the few teams where they do factor in points for home field is Green Bay. Yeah, I mean, you're right on it again. I mean, you're, you're saying things and I'm looking at my notes that I have down and I'm like, yep, check, check that, check that. I mean, <laughs> you said they're giving up their defense, giving up really some big plays on pass plays. So what, you know, Devonte Adams, Hey, please Devonte, have you on some fantasy teams blow up tomorrow, please just destroy them. Love it. But I heard a lot of things like you said too. a lot of people, the number is, you know, changing in this a little bit. So some people think that the Washington football team can maybe do some things here. So could you maybe tease them up? Yeah, you could. I like the opposite here. I love taking the Packers down. Right now you can get it at minus two and a six-point teaser. If you can get higher teasers, go for it. I, I like I like this is probably one of my favorite ones. I like them in New England, and I'll touch on New England here in a little bit. But Jason made another really good point about maybe taking the over. And I have a stat here, seven and three last 10 home games um, in Green Bay here against NFC teams have hit the over. So maybe again, look at it. it's at 47 and a half, maybe play the over. Again, if you're a teaser player like I am a lot in the NFL, take it down, get it down to about 41 and a half and pound the over. All right, moving on. This should be a fun game. You like offense? Well, this this is the game maybe to watch tomorrow. You got Kansas City 
the Chiefs, three and three, are traveling to Tennessee. Tennessee coming off a big win on Monday night against the Buffalo Bills. Tennessee is four and two. Chiefs, two and four. ATS, Tennessee is four and two. High scoring game, this should be. It's 57 and a half. And the Chiefs are favorite minus five. So a home team getting a lot of points here, Jason. Do you think Tennessee short week? Can they can they come right back and can they cover or maybe even win this game outright? They can just because they do have the offense, and you know Kansas City's defense still hasn't shown us really anything. Um, I, this is this is an interesting game because I know the lines move between like four and a half and five and a half this week, but to me this is a game of sevens. Um, and Casey's really good for putting up sevens. Uh, Tennessee at home is going to always be feisty, especially when they're getting points uh, because they can score. The defense is uh, not good, though. Uh, 27th against the pass, 21st against the run, DVOA. Um, and Kansas City's 31st in both. So that just shows you there is no defense in this game. Um, this, this seems like a high-scoring affair. I make this out to actually be 33-31 KC. Don't really like the spread there, but I do like the over. I think you've got about six points of coverage uh, from what I project to the current line of 57 and a half. So I, that's the direction I would lean. I can see Casey running out and basically another backdoor situation or some uh, garbage points from Tennessee late. Um, but as of the point spread goes, I just, like I said, I just, I see Casey covering this game. I don't know why they got Chris Jones back and he's a huge key for that defense. And Tennessee got a little banged up in that Monday night game. They really don't have a secondary. I think we probably could go out there and play corner for them because they're out of corners. Uh, who is the, who is the also, guy again, Jason? Not to cut Travis Jenkins, man. Oh, Jenkins. my goodness. That guy gets picked. I mean, you watch that game, and it was like his name was getting announced every second because they were just going after him nonstop in that game on Monday night. And it, you know, So now you have a week. To prepare for that you got Tyreek's gonna play so that would have been a big thing if, if Hill wasn't gonna go on Sunday that could have definitely helped Tennessee's defense kind of figure something out right but you know the one thing with the Chiefs receivers they may not be the greatest set of receivers they are the fastest set of receivers so they're gonna spread that out and so whatever Tennessee does it take them away Kelsey's is gonna go bananas underneath against the linebackers uh so I'm almost kind of talking myself into the Chiefs a little bit. That's probably the side I would go if I was leaning a line. I know Tennessee looked great on Monday night, but like I said, you lose the one, got no corners, not a team that creates a lot of pressure up front. Um, so I definitely like the over in this game because I think Casey's going to score a bunch. And if I had to pick a side, I would definitely take Casey and lay the five. Yeah, you know, both these teams are four and two to the overs. Yeah. And the over's been great in the series. Last time 10 they've played at seven and three. I mean, so just great numbers there. Again, teaser play. You heard Jason straight plays there. Teaser th thoughts by me, the teaser king here. You know, I take it down, take it down, take it, take it down and take the over. Cause I mean, everything Jason said, I mean, I'm agreeing with, I mean, Jason could be doing this show by himself right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm just sitting here going everything he's saying. I mean, I'm like, did he get my notebook? Because all the notes he's saying, it, it's just my notes. And, you know, you watching that game. Yeah, Tennessee just no pressure to the quarterback. Secondary's bad. Um, I, I just, I don't know. And, you know, Kansas City's defense isn't good. I, I mean, this, to me, has to be a high-scoring game. Now, the one thing I do like with teasers, though, especially when you get a home team and you can get them up in double digits, I really like. I mean, you can get Tennessee – up to plus 11 in this. I mean, why not? I mean, absolutely. I mean, hey, listen, if Kansas City goes in there and beats them by, by more than 11, I mean, then you say, well, what can you do? Now, the thing that scares me is short week, played Monday night, played, an ex, you know, a very hard game, came down to like the last, one of the last plays of the game here. So extremely tough. I do have another question in this game, though. A player prop, what I'm hearing is Henry, 125 and a half rushing yards. Do you play that, Jason, or do you stay way off that? I think you play it because I think that's Tennessee's really only shot in this game is this dominate time possession with the uh, running game, right? I mean, Kansas City has shown they cannot stop the run. Buffalo ran all through them. Um, there's been multiple instances uh, where people have run through KC. So, you know, Henry's going to eat. It's just who else can contribute. And um, does KC have a plan? Um, because you know they're going to play man on the outside against Brown. and um, Jones, 
that that's just what they do. Well, they just completely stack the box and basically make AJ Brown and Julio Jones beat them. You know, that, you know, that's, that's what makes this game interesting is that Tennessee's got weapons to kind of counteract this stuff. But uh, yeah, I think Henry will be good on all his props. I really think that they will, Casey will just literally take away the big play, uh, make Tennessee grind, which kind of seems counterintuitive, but they're basically is it'll slow them down, I think. And that's kind of how they're going to attack this game. That's the only thing I think it's, the over is definitely in play. <laughs> there are a lot of good offensive players in this football game. Yeah, speaking of overs, I just want to go, you know, at the very beginning of the show, we gave you the best teams ATS and the worst teams ATS. Now I'm going to give you the best over teams right now. Dallas again, five and one so far on the overs this year. You got the Rams four, one and one, Tennessee, Kansas City, and the Washington football team all checking in at a four and two with that. And we talked about that with the, the Green Bay game and the Washington football team to keep an eye on this. Now, something we gave out earlier on the show, talked about the best, the are the worst teams covering the over. So these are the unders. Right now, Cincinnati to the over is one and five. Well, we just said this a couple minutes ago, people. Maybe keep an eye on that under in that Baltimore game with Cincinnati. Chargers, this is shocking to me. I mean, I got this off a good site, man, but Chargers one and five. Well, yeah, so it's interesting because uh, they don't move very fast. Like, they have explosiveness, but they do like to possess the ball. I think it's one of the ways they protect that defense, um, which is probably going to get exposed a little bit. I mean, you've got Bosa, but it hasn't played well otherwise. I had the under in the Cleveland Chargers game because neither of those teams really scores quickly. And they like to hold on to the ball. They like to grind out first downs. Um, and that game turned into a track meet on me and totally blew my under on that. But, um, yeah, I think a lot of unders is pace of play um, and just the way teams go about their business. Um, you know, you can look at how many possessions they have and how good their defense is. If they have a decent defense and they like to play slow, they're going to trend to the under. That's really what Cincy is at this point, right? Got a good defense. The offense – really kind of isn't there yet. And they play slowly to kind of protect that defense too. Just finishing uh, that list. You got the Chicago bears also at one and five, which is not shocking. They not at all. Guys. Not at all. Uh, now you're playing a, a young quarterback here, a rookie quarterback. And then uh last team that I wrote down is Seattle. Seattle's one, four and one. Also. So Seattle's a good example of expectation because people expect Russ to cook. And obviously they've had some pretty high lines in this year because they expect that offense to be good. And, you know, the offensive coordinator, they've kind of tried to get the running game in. So they play a little slower than uh, people project. But, yeah, that's just that's Seattle. And plus that defense is terrible. So now we're going to go into – this is an interesting game here. Two teams, again, that are really – they need a win here. They really need a win. You got two struggling teams coming in. You got the Atlanta Falcons, two and three, Traveling to Miami to play the Dolphins, which are one and five. Atlanta is two and three ATS. Miami is two and four ATS. Right now, we are looking at a line. Atlanta is a road favorite, minus two. Over-under is at 47 and a half. Now, this is a team, you know, this is, to me, this intriguing game. Because you got Miami coming in. They lost five straight. You get two a back last week over one of the London games coming off injury played pretty well, but they lost to Jacksonville. What do you think is going to happen here? J cam. I think that was a huge mistake, not taking the off week after coming back from London. I just think that uh, that's a lot of travel within a short time frame. That's two really long plane flights for guys who are really banged up. And when you, you know, when you fly, the compression that you're in does weird things to your body. Like you see a lot of the NBA guys now, since they fly so much, they wear the uh, compression suits basically between games just to make sure to protect, you know, kind of reduce uh, all the uh, injuries you have with yourself and blood clots. So for the NFL, for an NFL team playing like game the way it's played and then come back and it's go into a normal practice week seems like insane to me. They, they could not have had a great week of practice. I think Atlanta's trending the right way. They're getting healthy. Um, they've got, a, got all their offensive weapons back. Miami's defense, which we thought was going to be good, has not been good at all. I mean, they've been uh, – I really thought they'd show up a little more against the Buccaneers two weeks ago. Didn't happen. Um, so, and then you saw, like, they just – there's, you know, they lost to Jacksonville. <laughs> That's all I can say. I mean, in a game that they had a 10-0 lead in, I think, right? So, 
Um, I like the Falcons here. I know they're on the road. Usually I love home dogs, but I think Miami's kind of spiraling here a little bit. And I like the Falcons getting healthy. Um, the line, you got a little value to the under, but not much. But, yeah, I make this out to be like 27-19, something like that. Uh, I think the Falcons are just kind of – the Arthur Smith program is kind of getting on track here. You know, too, I think you look at Tua – And you got all these rumors, you know, came out this week that Watson was going to get dealt to Miami. And then there was rumors that, you know, it kind of got shot down here in the D.C. area pretty quick by some people saying that Tua was going to head then to the Washington football team. And then, you know, some people around here said, no, we have sources and that's not true at all. But I don't care who you are. If that starts, like if you're the quarterback there and you're Tua and going, well, this is my team. And now there's like rumors that, hey, it's close. It's a done deal. Some people were reporting that could be done by, you know, this week or this weekend. Where's the mindset here? And like you said, I think one of the biggest disappointing things is this defense on Miami. Like you, they can't stop anybody. And I, you know, you got a lot of injuries here. Parker might not play Will Fuller. I mean, he's never really playing. Um, I always like to tease the points up and take the under in the Dolphins games just because even with Tua, it's a lot of dink and dunks, in my opinion, run the clock. And again, both defenses aren't great, but I think if I had played now, I've heard some sharps. They've said, like, I've heard a couple shows that some people said, I love the Dolphins in a teaser, get them up to eight and a half. I'm still not sold on that or even eight, like eight or eight and a half. I would rather if I'm playing this, I think in a teaser, I would take the points up and take the under. I would think so too. I, I would. I mean, the only thing is Atlanta's defense, which is not great. But yeah, I don't. I don't have Miami doing much of anything in this game. And yeah, I. I agree with you. All the the talk around this, like you're constantly tinkering with this football team, and you've made a, a lot of transactions. Like Xavier Howard's a really good corner, and you had him traded a couple times this offseason. Like, what are you doing? If, you know, eventually that stuff does resonate in the locker room where people just recognize, hey, I'm just going to do my own thing, kind of lose the whole team-centric aspect that you really need for football. Um, so you're making your own mistakes here. Like uh, Miami's basically hurting themselves. I, I think he's a good coach, but I also think a year of tape has figured out what he was doing last year, and they have not adjusted back because, yeah, defense can't stop anybody right now. It's bad. It's ugly. All right. Well, let's talk – just said the word ugly, and we're going to talk about an ugly team right now. You got the Jets – one and four traveling to New England, two and four. Um, you know, the Jets are one and four ATS this year. New England is two and four ATS. Man, that game last week, I had I had the under in that straight play, and that looked shaky early against Dallas. Then it looked great. And then it was like, oh, this is an easy winner. And then it just went crazy. <laughs> so these teams have already played each other this year. I think it was in week two with New England winning 25 to six. Zach Wilson had four INTs in that game. So this is one, Jason, that I said earlier on the show, this is a teaser play for me. I'm going to probably lock it in here pretty early today. I like the Packers and I also like New England down in a teaser just to win at home because New England's there, in my opinion, losing some tough ones. I kind of like this team still. They've done okay for me. Now, last week they let me down with the under, but they've done okay with some of my teasers against some better teams this year. What's your thoughts on this game? So a couple of things, just probably playing some more trends on this than anything else. You know, the Jets defense isn't horrible. It's not good. Um, but the Patriots offense is not good, too. If you look at this, the uh, box score for that game against the Cowboys, they probably should have got blown out uh, based on yardage. And uh, they had a little – some hidden luck there that uh, kind of kept them in that game. I'll tell you what, uh, you never heard so many roars in an airport. I was watching that game while flying back to Pittsburgh, and it sounded like a casino because back and you knew something happened every single time because it was echo through uh, Charleston Airport. Um, I'm actually going to go Jets here plus seven just because it is the second time they've played. That's usually a pretty good trend when you have division games. And I, mostly also because I've put this game really far under. I think I only have it at like a 31 against a 42-point line. So I definitely like the under. I would take the Jets for the points because I just don't think there's going to be a lot of scoring. This thing is going to be kind of a grind, ugly game like you mentioned. And uh, that's really – we'll see Salah as a coach this week too because you get that s- second game. They kind of got outclassed a little bit in the first one. Kind of made Mac Jones look a little better probably than he is, even though he's not bad. 
Um, we'll see how the Jets adjust. And uh, I like the points and I like the under. Yeah, Pats are four and one last five ATS at home against the Jets. But I kind of like what you said there too. Looking at the over under in a teaser, you know, you take this up to about 48 and a half. Yeah, I don't think that's hidden. Yeah. I really like that too. I agree with you. I mean, I like this and this, this might be one with the dolphins with the, I might play the over or play the under, excuse me, in the dolphins in a teaser and match it with this Patriots jets game. But I also like new England down to about one just to win the game more or less with the Packers. That's probably one of my other plays in that, but I think you're right on with the over under also. All right, moving on. Let's go to the next game. Oh, quarterback. This is, here is our quarterback matchup. Revenge, revenge, revenge. You got the Detroit Lions, 0-6, traveling to the Rams. Rams are 5-1. Lions, though, being 0-6, they are 3-3 ATS, and the Rams are 4-2 ATS. Thoughts on this game? I, you know, it's the Lions. Uh, they're going on the road. And they're placing a good defense. Um I, it's been admirable how well, the, how competitive they've been. Cause I really don't think it's a good roster right now. And I don't think it's intended to be a good roster right now. I think they're trying to kind of tear it all down and rebuild it. I think you finally saw a little bit of a, the carriage turn into a pumpkin a little bit last week with uh, Campbell criticizing golf after the game and Detroit just, you know, not really being competitive for the first time. I don't think they'll be competitive this week either. I think this is kind of the start of the slide where, um, we get to see what the torture it is to be a Lions fan as the nation kind of was kind of was rooting for the Lions a little bit there. Right? It was a fun story, even though they weren't winning. Um, yeah. The, the one thing, this is a lot of points. So I probably will stay away from that. I mean, even if the Rams just dominate them statistically, 15 and a half in an NFL game is just like 30 in a college game. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I really don't have a lean on this game either way. I just, you know, this is probably, like you said, it's probably a game where you would tease as you love to do. But even then, you're not getting through a key number. You're getting kind of two, eight and a half, which is still a little scary because Detroit has shown the capability to come in the back door. Uh, so I'd probably stay away. I'd probably lie bet this if L.A. gets out real early and then take the Lions with a ton of points and figure that use their backdoor magic. But that's really it. Yeah, I was listening to a show yesterday, and I think it was on Visa. I can't remember who was talking about it. They were saying, you know, this is, like you said, this up. A lot of points 15 and a half this is usually what i do i mean I, i'll te- i would tease the lions but man they're the lions now they've done okay for me last <laughs> week i had them they didn't because they got blown out but you know they were trying to say like is this like a matthew stafford gonna really want to put it on the lions and you know the other guy's like well i don't think matthew stafford really has a problem with the detroit lions like it was not like they treated him bad or he wasn't happy now you would think maybe more golf might be a little bit fired up. Like why I had a good year that one year for you, you got rid of me, but I, I don't know. This is this, this probably a stay away for me. I, 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 you know, this, like you just said, there is a good point. This, if you really want to take this, maybe live bet this, the Rams get out quick or, you know, it's 50 and a half. I'm looking at right now, you know, if it gets out maybe a little quick and goes crazy, sometimes I like to jump on the NFL games. If they get out really, really fast and it starts getting up in like a live over under play at like 64 and a half, 65, then I like taking the unders because it's going to slow down. I just hit one a couple like a week ago, same situation. So that's the way I'd probably go with that. Now, that's a great point is that NFL games, that's probably the biggest difference between the NFL and college is that the NFL is almost always two different halves for every game. Like if you see a high scoring first half, you're almost much more better off taking an under in the second half because it just adjustments are either made or it just gets back to where on schedule, like it should. But you, I think that's what you see. You, you see these slow first half sometimes and then the third quarter just explodes and you go maybe do something for a half hour, you come back and it's a completely different game that you're watching. Right. Um, I would think this game too, if this game gets off sluggish, I would look to the, to the under because I don't, you know, it can be just one of the situations where the Rams just have the Detroit's number and that the Rams, the Lions are not going to put up any points that day. The LA's defense is that good. That could happen. So I would probably look for those two things. But yeah, uh, pre-flop, as they like to say now, I wouldn't touch this. Yeah, I mean, these with these big lines too, if you look at these teams, and I'm going to get into this a little bit more here in a little bit with the Arizona game, but 
they're such big lines and you tease the other team up. I think sometimes you can kind of get like the, if the Rams, you know, if you get them up to 21, that's a ton of points. That is a ton of points. I mean, and these teams, again, they're like, okay, who do we have next week? Or are we on a short week or anything like that? So maybe they took, you know, take the foot off the gas pedal a little bit here, and then you can maybe get a little sneaky backdoor cover in this teaser. So keep an eye on that. I kind of like doing that. I think this this next game, Jason, I, I think is intriguing matchup here. It's a 405 game on Fox. You got the Philadelphia Eagles two and four traveling out to Las Vegas, take on the Las Vegas Raiders. And the Raiders are four and two. Eagles are three and three ATS. So are the Raiders three and three ATS. The Raiders, you know, again, great performance last week, but against Denver. And we said earlier on the show, you can really see Denver starting to come back down to reality a little bit. But after all the scandal there in Las Vegas with John Gruden, team I thought really showed up and played well. What's your opinion on this game? This is tricky because I'm hearing a lot a lot of Eagles love on this game. Um, taking the three and running with it. I can understand that. I mean, the Eagles stats are actually pretty good and they're getting healthier. They're going to get their uh, Lane Johnson back this week. They're actually going to get their right tackle and Bonatu and put them over to left tackle, which is what the line's supposed to look like. Maybe that'll unlock the running game for the Eagles, which for some reason they've completely abandoned, even though they've got some guys that can do things in that running game. Um, and you do block with your offensive line. We saw that Thursday night, right? The Browns could have put anybody back there and they would have got yardage. Um, you know, the Raiders, I'm interested to see what week two looks like with that interim coach. Because uh, week one, a lot of emotions, big change. Everyone seemed to love that interim coach, play for him hard, right? But now you've had that first week of like – prep where there's been no Gruden involvement. And that's something that he's actually really good at. So I just think it's a situation where I think you're going to have a little bit of a hangover with the Raiders. I'm probably going to jump on with everybody else, take the Eagles plus the three and a half. I just think that, um, you know, they're playing good. It's not a great team, but the Raiders really look like they're set up for me for a little bit of emotional pitfall as like reality set in now that this is like the coaching staff and these guys actually have to come up with game plans and kind of prepare for an NFL team. Yeah, Raiders, you know, looking at some numbers, they're five and one ATS last six against Philly. The over is six and one in the last seven in this stadium. So maybe keep an eye on that. Now, Hurts is the big thing. Hurt has to get out a lot quicker than he has in some of these games. I kind of like Philadelphia in this in a teaser. You know, I have taken Philadelphia this year a couple times in teasers. I don't know if they're going to win the game. But again, right now, you know, lines at two and a half, you get it up to eight and a half. I think this game's going to be, you know, I'm not, I don't know if I'm sold on the Raiders. Kind of got out quick, a lot of stuff happening. Does it finally just kind of, was it an emotional win last week against maybe a struggling Denver team? I'm not saying Philly's the greatest team here, but I'm kind of leaning. I kind of like in a teaser play, I take Philly up. And also, if you want to play the over under in this, I'd probably take it down and then take go with the numbers with the six and one last seven in the stadium and take the over in this. Yeah, I can see the over being in play here because uh, I think both teams are kind of methodical, but neither one's really like it's kind of two middling teams at this point. Um, it is interesting, though. I, I do think the Eagles defense is a little bit better. Uh, that, I think that's why the Sharps like it. Then it probably has looked on uh, paper. So everybody remembers that Dallas game. Um, but they've played pretty good in the interim. Obviously, they got torched by Kansas City, too. But if you look at the possessions and yards, stats, it's actually not that bad. All right, moving on. We're going to go 425 game. You got the Chicago Bears, 3-3, three and three, traveling to Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Mr. Tom Brady. Tampa Bay is 5-1. and one. Bears are 3-3 three and three ATS. Tampa Bay is 2-4 and four ATS this year. You are looking at a line at 11 and a half, and the over-under is at 47. One little stat before I let you go here. 16-2 and two last 18 for Chicago as a double-digit underdog. So keep an they eye on covered? that. Cover? Cover, ATS. That's sad I saw. Wow. I guess it was to cover a lot of Packers games. Um <laughs> It's just this is a really hard game to figure out uh, because you're, you're basically it's it's Justin Fields is your entire handicap here, right? Because the Bears are not going to be able to run the football against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is excellent stopping the run, um, and they're still healthy in that part of their defense. 
you know, they're missing a lot of key guys. It looks like uh, Tony Brown's out, Levante David's out, Gronkowski's been out, but OJ Howard's also questionable. So it doesn't sound like they're not really deep the tight end position, which is probably the deepest in football. JPP's questionable. Uh, Sherman's out. So I don't know who's playing corner for them. It's probably the same guys playing corner for Tennessee. They must be just like going back and forth because <laughs> if you're a cornerback in the NFL right now, you're in a good situation, especially if you're a practice squad guy, because someone's going to get call you up because everybody's running out of corners. Um, it looks like they're getting McClendon back. So that's what I'm saying. This is a pretty beat up uh, Buccaneers football team, but I look at the Bears injury report. It's not much better. Um, so basically you have a rookie quarterback on the road who needs to throw the football to win. Uh, and his best receivers questionable coming into the game. Um, boy, it's just maybe a situation, you know, I'm not a big teaser guy, but maybe teasing Tampa Bay down. I mean, you, you tease it to maybe five and a half. That's not really that great either. So it's kind of a really tricky spot. Um, kind of put the points. It's maybe a little to the under, not too much though. So I don't know. That's it's just, I, it's really hard to pick a side in this game. If I had to, I'd probably pick Tampa Bay just because, I just don't see Chicago putting up a lot of points here. I, I think the Buccaneers will do all the work. Bears defense is good, but they can't hold up all day. Yeah, the home team's been the play in the series, ATS. So, you know, they're they're that would be favoring their Tampa Bay there. Over is seven and five in the last 12 with Tom Brady as quarterback. You know me, I like taking these teams and really getting them up in some points here in the NFL. I mean, you're sitting there, I would probably tee Chicago up. But, man, it's scary because this is Justin Fields. Can he do it? But, again, it's yeah. it's a bad secondary. If he's going to do it, this is the week because you said it well. I think they have a rookie running back, running back, and, you know, that's their running back right now because they're really banged up in that position. But this um, is the – you know, like you said, they're not going to run the ball. This is the week if he's going to be able to throw the ball. I mean, the one week he threw for like 110 yards. I mean, that's just – what are we talking about? And they won. They, they beat they beat uh, Las yeah. Vegas. In a yeah, game that was great. I, I was on the wrong side of where you look at the box score, you're like, what? Like, how I did know. they win, like, by two touchdowns in this game? That's the thing with Tampa Bay. It's like, I did just have more weapons. And, you know, it's like I said, I think Bears will be feisty early. And then they're just going to be putting bad situations on defense because the offense is going to do nothing. And Tampa Bay is just going to keep cashed in. I mean, even without Brown, you still have two really good receivers from the outside. You have a bunch of good backs. Um like just a much more complete football team. I guess it is interesting. If you tease up Chicago, you get to a nice 17.5, which is a nice number to get to. Um, but I probably would go Bucks here. Like something, not, nothing too great, maybe even 27-10. I mean, that's a real reasonable score. All right, we're going to move into an, just another really high scoring, uh, or excuse me, a very high line here. You got the Texans, one and five, traveling to the Arizona Cardinals, six and oh, Arizona. Man, are they laughing at me because every week I talk negative about them <laughs> and they just keep doing it. And they did it to me last week as I had the Cleveland Browns in a straight play. Texans, though, with being one and five, they are three and three ATS. Cardinals are five and one ATS. And Jason, 17 and a half, and the over-under is 47 and a half. What do you do here if you want to handicap this one? Uh, I'd say maybe it's a game you look at the first half. I, I really think – I don't think the Cardinals are really going to have much of an issue. I mean, Houston, especially on the road, uh, if, if Davis Mills was at home, I feel like you might get a better performance out of them. It might be time. I, I'm probably going to eat these words next week on the podcast that – Arizona would give them some respect. That was a really impressive win to go into Cleveland the way they did. And really no doubter at any point. Cleveland even got some breaks to get in it with a Hail Mary and everything and still couldn't. I mean, the, you know, the statistics line up pretty good for Arizona. The, really the biggest question is Kingsbury and how much faith you have in him, right? Like, is this at some point going to go off the rails? Can he get it back on? But there really seems like they're embracing that no one thinks we're good card and uh, it's carrying it through games. Now that works for a while in the pros, eventually it'll wear off, but they're really kind of taking that. You just look at it. I just don't see the Texans having much of a fight here. Um, I, it's just too much. Maybe I think Cardinals first half is probably the right play just so you don't have to eat the entire 17 and a half, but I, I don't even know if I'd be scared to eat the entire 17 and a half. I look at the injury list, you know, Cardinals are a little dinged up, but nothing too much to be scared of. And the Texans, they didn't get Terod Taylor back. I know a lot of people were kind of sweating on that one to see if he was going to play because um, they thought he might be a, a cover machine then, I guess, then. But I don't see that. I just I think Cardinals are wrong. But I don't think Texas do much offensively at all. 
Do you think Arizona, you know what just popped in my brain? Cause I got a crazy brain here. Do you think, do, do you remember the moving major league? Absolutely. Okay. Do you remember when the owner was saying they stink and then they brought the bill, like the little uh, cutout of her and she had you stink and they peeled, they peeled clothing. Do you think they have one of me? <laughs> I know they're not peeling clothing off me, but it would be something about, I would have, they would have my face and just say, if they listen to the podcast, you stink because I say it all the time and say, I think they're overrated. And now I know they're not again, it's just a thing with Murray. I just, eh, I still think they're an okay team. I, I don't know, but they, they keep doing it. So guys, if you have a little cut off me and I have you stink on it, keep peeling some clothes off me, I guess. I don't care. You're not going to see much, but here's the thing with this. This team's been playing some tough teams. You got the Rams, you had San Francisco, you got Cleveland. I believe they got Green Bay coming up next on Thursday night. Short week. Is this one, I was just saying this a little bit ago, is this one that even if they get out quick, could they maybe take the foot off the pedal a little bit and not try to get anything, anybody dinged up here, or, you know, and then you can get that backdoor cover. I'll tell you what I'm doing because I do it every week. I'm going against them. Teaser tomorrow, Texans, take them up six more points. I'm taking the Texans. No, I think that's a good play. I, I, that's what I talked about the first half. I think, you know, if they would be smart to do that. Murray's a little dinged up, right? And it's just, it's the NFL. It's a, it's a game of attrition. You're going to lose guys. So uh, as much as you can get out of that game without, you know, who can, they don't care about the point spread, right? They just want you to survive. You get that big game at the pack because that's going to be big for seeding because they're in that spot to start thinking about that. So that makes a lot of sense. All right, let's get after the next game. This one, Sunday night. NFL 8:20 NBC, and we got some weather concerns out here on this. So really check into this. I already, I think um, they posted a wind advisory out there, maybe 25, 30 mile per hour winds, maybe even higher gusts in this area with rain. This is a tricky one here. You got the Indianapolis Colts two and four traveling to San Francisco two and three. Again, earlier in the show, I told you Colts four and two ATS. San Francisco, a very disappointing one and four ATS line right now. Under is 43, and you got San Francisco minus four and a half. Concerns in this one with the weather, Jason? What would you do here? I think both teams are pretty well equipped for the weather. Like, you know, neither one loves to throw it around a whole lot. They they kind of build everything off the running game. Um, even though San Francisco's running game hasn't been that great, Shanahan still wants to run the football. That's kind of how he builds his offenses. Uh, so I think they'll be able to handle the weather, but that definitely will push it to the under. We're not, we're not seeing a big move to the under right now. And it's basically right where I projected, but, uh, it wouldn't be probably harmful to grab it right now, especially if those wins persist because it's just going to be a, uh, 1970s game with guys handing it off probably a bunch of times. If there's not much wind, I don't know how that stadium plays in the wind. I haven't seen a windy game there. Uh, it's kind of in a weird spot down in Santa Clara. It's not like candlestick where it's swirling all around. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, anytime you have wind, the under is in play. And with these two teams who kind of, you know, kind of run first nine sets, that definitely holds. Yeah, you know, the thing with this game, you got San Francisco coming off a bye. Both quarterbacks are a little dinged. So, I yeah. mean, Jimmy G's been out now. Does he, he, it sounds like he's going to be the guy. I mean, what's he going to do? I was a little surprised. I'm not going to lie here. This was one that was a little shocked that was minus four and a half. I could have seen this a little bit lower, maybe. I really like the Colts here. I think the Colts in a teaser, you get them up to about 10 and a half. I really like in these conditions. I really like with all the concerns with the wind. And again, I, I don't know how the stadium, I think that was a great point, Jason. I don't know how the stadium is going to play with these conditions at all. But when you hear that, why not? Why not take it up to 49 points? Because both teams, I mean, get Jonathan Taylor the ball. You know, San Francisco, like you said, wants to run the ball. Well, what does that do? That eats up that clock. So then if you have some chances to, you this, you know, the drive stall, you have to try to kick a field goal, let's say. And some of these kickers have just been like me trying to kick a ball over a clothesline this year. And I pick <laughs> it the wrong way has not been good. So why not take that? I mean, get it up to 49, take the under. And again, you know, um, Carson Wentz has not really been a turnover machine like he was. 
been playing pretty well. So if he can kind of hold on to the ball here, both teams run the ball. I really like the Colts in a teaser, get them up to 10 and a half. And then I also love the teaser under at 49 in this game. I'm jumping on there with the Colts now that I look at this, the four and a half, especially that number, um, which is kind of a weird number. Number one, DVOA running defense. And I looked at their schedule while you were talking there just to kind of say, okay, well, who have they played? Played Baltimore on a Monday night. and it, it, just, Nobody runs the ball more than Baltimore. Houston, another run-centric team. Obviously, they're not a very good run-centric team, but they still run it. So, you know, your stats are going to get. L.A., the Rams, you know, they also kind of 50-50 offense. And you have uh, Seattle, another 50-50 offense with run and pass. And then you play Tennessee, who's, you know, King Henry. So they played some pretty good running teams. For them to be number one in rush DVOA is actually pretty impressive. Now, they're 29th in pass, but that doesn't really scare me with the 49ers. I know Jimmy G's coming back off the calf, but uh, kind of like the Colts here at the points. I'll tell you what, I do too. I mean, I, I always try to do at least one straight play. I do a lot of teasers in the NFL, and then I like some player props too. But this is one that I kind of agree with you. I think I would take the Colts here. You get the four and a half. I think that's a smart play too. I like the Colts Sunday night. All right, let's go into Monday night, Monday night football. We got the Saints. They are three and two, traveling to Seattle, two and four. Saints are three and two ATS. Seattle is three and three. We are looking at a line right now as the Saints are road favorites, minus four and a half, and the over under is 42. What do you got here, Jason? This is really tough. Um, Seattle is a much different animal at home. Um, played pretty well on uh, Sunday night against the Steelers. The yeah, first half didn't look so hot, second half kind of got the ground game going. Uh, a little surprising. The Steelers defense was giving up uh, so much soft yardage on the ground, but they really were. And uh, that's one of those games that really Seattle probably should have won. They definitely had momentum in the second half. This is a nice play by Watt to kind of get that t- turnover to end that thing. Um, but, you know, and then we got New Orleans, who is kind of, you know, who do we have this week? <laughs> they probably could beat anybody. And sometimes they just look absolutely awful. Now, they usually are pretty good in the stats and with the yardage and stuff. It's usually turnovers. It's usually just lack of conversions. They hurt them. Um, you know, it's a good defense. Um, I'm looking at that now. The second against the run, ninth against the pass in DVOA. Uh, and I'm going to put it on them with the defense to kind of carry his. I kind of like them. Like, four and a half, though, just a lot. Uh this would probably be a good teaser spot, I would think, to tease New Orleans down, which is not usually how you do it. But um, four and a half is a bit of a question with Geno Smith on the road. Second week, now the Saints have some tape, see what he's going to do, what they're going to do with him. Um, I like the Saints in this game. And look at the number right on. Uh, I have this projected right at 43, which is where it's at right now. Um, if anything, I'd probably lean to the under because I just don't – I think this defense might suffocate the Seahawks' offense. Um just because I just don't think it's very good. Yeah, Saints are 9-0-1 ATS last 10 in October. Yeah, I agree with you, man. Seattle came out of whatever happened in the locker room. You could tell the momentum in that Steeler game was just, it really changed really, really fast, running the ball extremely well. Geno Smith now did not play extremely well in Pittsburgh. Came in when he came in um, for Russell when he got hurt played well out here in Seattle. You know, they're not great numbers. Seattle does not really have good numbers coming off a cover, which they did last week against Pittsburgh. Yeah, this is tricky because the Saints team too, sometimes Winston can throw some balls and you're like, what are you doing here? And other times you can really throw well here. Four and a half, where I'd probably go with this. And, you know, Saints, like Jason said, really good defense here. And, you know, I already brought it up. Seattle's one, four and one um, on the overs this year. So they're really an under team here. Now their defense is not very good, but I thought they had some, they did okay against Pittsburgh a little bit last week, but sometimes the Steelers offense can kind of go in hiding too. So you have it at 42, get it up to 48 and maybe take the under in this. If I would probably take a team in I would probably take the home team here and get them up to about 10 and a half and just hope they can cover the 10 and a half. Like Jason said, Seattle, you know, plays a lot better at home, very tough environment. I would take a chance with this, this, this is a tough one either way. This is, this could be an ugly matchup. 
Yeah, it's it's interesting because I'm trying to look at New Orleans to see if there's a reason why they're so up and down. And you know, you look at the defenses they've played, they haven't really played any good defenses at all. They played the Giants, is probably the best one I think that they've played, but the the WFT, not that great. Green Bay, kind of middle of the pack. Carolina's pretty good and they got whooped in that game. And then New England's kind of middle of the pack as well. And they were dominant in that game. So, like I said, there's no rhyme or reason really to what the Saints do. So I wouldn't really be shocked by any outcome in this game. I'm kind of just leaning on better defense. I know CL's defense kind of struggled at times, getting a little better, but uh I just think that they can do enough. They'll keep it on the ground. I think Seattle against the run, not particularly strong, even though they looked okay against the Steelers, nothing great. But uh yeah, I like the Saints. I, I I'll I'll put my money on Jameis, even though it's probably a bad investment. All right. That's that's the slate. But I have one more story and I got to bring it up because we have a lot of people that listen to us in there. You know, we're Steeler fans. We have a lot of people that listen to the show that are Steeler fans. So there was and um, let me get the name here. Don't want to butcher the name. And I might anyway. Um, I think it was Doug. Was it Whaley? Jason? Yes. Uh, Used to be a. I guess former, I don't really remember the name, but he was former something with the Steelers and Buffalo Bills. He was on sports talk radio in the Pittsburgh area. And now this has no major sources or anything like that, but we just wanted to kind of talk about it and just put it out there. But his opinion was the LSU job is open. And we've talked about that on our college shows. He thinks Mike Tomlin is going to take the LSU job. What do you think of that, Jason? I just, I just, I just, I, I don't get it. It's because that nobody goes that direction, right? You don't go from the Steelers to that direction. That's one of the best NFL jobs you can get. Uh, I mean, he'll be making comparable money to go into 17 year old kids' locker, uh, living rooms and beg them to come to Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, he has no ties to the SEC. He has no ties to college football. I believe he played at William & Mary, so he's not even an FBS guy. Uh, it's like, who could have possibly told Doug Whaley that? And why would you? I know he wants to be the first guy with it, but just, you got to bet something like that out. That just sounds ridiculous. Um, you know, maybe when we played against him, uh, back a hundred years ago, uh, too many Charval guys just hit him, and maybe he just kind of that's starting <laughs> to see sink in right now. Uh, no, obviously Mike Tomlin, if he goes anywhere, and he may, you know, you're gonna have a, you're gonna have a lot of transition in Pittsburgh pretty soon. He's gonna go to a desk on, he's gonna be on the four letter, or he's gonna be on uh, CBS or Fox Sunday mornings. He's gonna work one day a week and make basically the same money, and people are gonna love him for it. Uh, there's no way he's going to college football. The one, thing, the one thing the article said was that Saban's going to retire and he thinks then he would just dominate the SEC and take over the SEC, which again is just kind of laughable. And I Listen, think he would, he has that personality, but there's a lot that goes in with college football coaching that Mike Tomlin probably wants no part of that. He doesn't have to do now. I'm sure he'd be much happier watching film until God hours in the morning than shaking boosters hands and uh, kissing babies. I mean, there's a lot of politics that go on with college football. So any job do you take, and the, the good ones understand that and they know who to make sure they shake hands with and they make eye contact with because that is, you know, that's the checkbooks. And, the, you know, the, nobody wants to deal with that unless they have to. There's just, but he would be great in a college locker room, but there's no way he's going to do that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't either. I mean, I thought it was funny. I'm like, we got to bring it up on the show because I read it and I was like, wow, that's a name again. You know, you, you're hearing more like Mel Tucker or even James Franklin, if you want to go in that direction, or maybe Lane Kiffin or Joe Brady. But that was kind of when I saw that, I was like, what? Like, what in the world? But hey, you never know. Stranger things have happened. So we will have to see. But I agree. I think Tomlin, you know, does have a good personality as I kind of make fun of his uh, some of his post game. Um, kind of quotes that he says sometimes in his references. But but you know what's funny with Talbot is that other NFL coaches, especially young ones, should watch him because as, as much as he says that stuff and he feeds the media, like it's all part of like the great structure of how he controls them, right? Like he gives them something like that. They eat it all up. They don't ask him about the injury question that they should be asking about. He always controls what they're talking about, which is what a lot of these young coaches do not do. Uh, you're seeing Urban Meyer, an old coach, struggle with it in Jacksonville, where he's just creating all the stories. He's answering questions he doesn't have to every press conference. I mean, we make fun of Belichick being never given an answer. That's part of that, right? You you want to control, then you don't have to explain stuff, and then your team doesn't have to hear answers to questions that they don't 
people want to hear because who knows what they're going to interpret it as. And you lose a locker room almost immediately. And you've seen it in Jacksonville. You've seen it in a couple other places. But, uh, yeah, Tomlin for all the Tomlinisms, it's all a very, I think, uh, deliberate and controlled act. It's definitely not off-the-cuff stuff. I just don't think that's how it's wired. <laughs> all right, so that is the NFL slate. Hopefully that will help you. The show is going to be out sometime today. Give it a listen. Hopefully we – We'll help you get some money in your pocket, find those winners. We're doing the hard work for you people. Just sit back on the couch, get on your phone, place the bet, make some money. We're putting the work in. We're going to get you winners. And again, if you need help today, our college football show is out already. Listen to it. We have more winners on that show. We've already started off on fire on that show, like we said at the beginning of this broadcast here, but Enjoy the games today. Enjoy the games tomorrow. And we will be back next week with more winners for you. Thanks for listening to the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. And be sure to follow at Notebook Wagering. Until next time.